cancer diagnosis at the age of 32, my mom and I talked a lot about the shock of that diagnosis. Given several doctors told us you're too young to have endometrial cancer. After much discussion, we began to feel driven to inform and help educate other young women about what symptoms they should be concerned. Having both been teachers, it seemed natural for us to look for a way to share Alex's cancer journey in order to help other young women avoid such a shocking diagnosis or possibly navigate a similar path. A podcast seemed the best way to get the word out, and that's how Down There Aware was born. Four years later, our mother-daughter duo has gone from educating and informing to advocacy and action with a fresh and sometimes very interesting and somewhat humorous multi-generational perspective. We look forward to sharing with you season four as we advocate, take action, and make it a priority to always be Down There Aware. another episode of down there aware we are happier here it's been a little while since we've sat down oh because we had interviews we had some interviews yeah Yeah. those are some pretty crazy interviews wow just overload of information overload and serious stuff really yeah yeah really and you know what i find fascinating is most of our interviews are people who reach out to us. Yes, that's really amazing. And when I tell people about what what we're going to talk about, they say, oh, how did you find them? And I say, they found us. Yeah, well, and... It's really pretty cool. And it's kind of a humbling thing because, you know, we don't have a massive following of the podcast. Um, You know, we don't have a huge reach online, but it's enough... Well, and it's varied. I mean, we have people from other countries. Mm -hmm. Um, We have all different ages. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, back to the reason why we started the podcast, it's so niche and unknown. Yeah. And so because of that, if you know and you search terms, you know, about gynecologic cancer, we pop up. Mm. But if you're not searching for that, you know... um, and yeah. some people don't have an occasion to search for it. So mm-hmm. it could be an accidental, you know, pop up or um, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's just all so random sometimes when you think about it. Yeah, it really does seem seem kind of random. But um, we are happy to and we, we have another interview scheduled in a few weeks that um, will come out in September. And that is another one. Folks reached out to us and we're happy to to share their message. But um, yeah, it's just a, I don't know, it always kind of bewilders me. Yeah, but we will persevere. We will. And you probably have noticed we haven't been posting every week, much to the chagrin of my mother. <laughs> I know. I try. <laughs> but in all fairness... July was a busy month. Well, lots of travel. and that- Lots of travel. And there's the holiday. Yeah. And there's Will's birthday. And there, there's just a lot. It throws everything off. Yeah. So. We're going to really try to work on it. We're making a concerted effort to. I'm going to try to crack get, the whip just a little bit harder. Get back into the weekly recordings or recording ahead or whatever it takes 
to produce a weekly podcast because we're we're we made it halfway through the year. Yeah, we might as well keep chugging along. And we even made it through Germany. I mean, yeah, we we didn't miss any episodes. No, we planned. And we were gone for you know two weeks with Germany, but then we just kind of yeah, life gets in the way, man. Yeah, it yeah. does, and that's a good lesson that. L- Life happens. Mm-hmm. You got to roll up the punches and just, you know, figure it out one yeah, step at a time. Yeah, we're not going to beat ourselves up about it. We're just going to no. try to work harder. And we've been doing this for four seasons. So if you find yourself missing down there where on a Thursday, there's plenty to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say to Alex, why don't we talk about such and such on our next episode? And she'll say, we've already talked about that. <laughs> and... I finally said, you know, we've done this for four seasons. Everybody hasn't watched every episode. So maybe it's okay to repeat some stuff. Because even in four years, we've learned a lot. We've maybe changed perspectives about some things. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. To... Yeah, it would be funny to react to some of our early opinions. Oh, that's a thought. Yeah, that, it would, that would be funny to, to listen to an episode or parts of episodes and... Um, yeah, and react to see if we feel the same way we do now yeah. versus back then. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Well, if you have followed along since the beginning, you know that my journey that started all of this is has a July start. So um, we passed and have moved forward through my four year mark. Yes. One more year of no evidence of disease, and I can officially say cancer-free. So it's a very exciting time. Check- yeah, it's good to mark those milestones, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, checkup was good, saw the doctor, and uh, yeah, blood work was good, exam was good. Uh, no no follow-up, uh, except for my next six-month checkup, so... Yeah, feeling, that's a good thing. Feeling good about that. It is weird when um, my like Facebook memories pop up. Mm, oh, mine of this week. Oh and, my gosh. Well, and like, <laughs> there is something about this week in my life that I either am having a surgery, recovering for, from a surgery, or you're in the preparing ER. for a surgery. Or in the ER, likely going to have surgery later on. Like, I, f- from the time I had my first major surgery, that was in July. Yeah. It, there's something about this month. And, hey, we are recording this on August 1st. We've made it through. <laughs> yeah, something about July, you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've made it through July. We are moving, moving on forward. And also, if you follow the podcast or mom or me on Facebook... You'll know what has been consuming us for the last mm. several weeks. And that is the Fave Chef competition. Um, and to be fair, I thought it was a scam when I saw the ad for the first yeah. time. Because I was like, that seems too good to be true. It just seems a little bit weird. But I Googled it. I looked into it. Totally legit. It's for a good cause um, for the James Beard Foundation. And I was like, you know what? Oh, it's free to enter. I'll just put in my whatever. Not a big deal. And then I, uh, you know, kept making the cut every time. And and then I didn't win my group. But then I got the wild card and I won the wild card. And now I'm in the quarterfinals. And I have been 
moving between I was ninth and then I was like sixth and fifth and now I'm back to sixth and so it's it's kind of crazy and um why I entered that is the prize is $25,000 and we need a kickstarter for the uh nonprofit for the down there aware nonprofit because we have all of these ideas and we can't do it without money. Yeah, I mean, um, that's really why we want today to talk about nonprofits and uh, down there aware nonprofit in particular to um, just kind of shed a light on what they're all about. I didn't know a whole lot about nonprofits until, I mean, I, I had some general ideas because of some association with some, but um, until Alex really started working to become a nonprofit, I didn't understand the process. And that might be a good place to start is for you to, yeah, unless well, you want to wrap something up about the favorite chef thing. Go vote. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this is the last day for this round. Um, you can vote for free. Uh, you get one vote for free. If you verify with Facebook, you get two free votes. If you verify with a credit card, they just, you know, put a dollar on, take a dollar off kind of thing. Um, and if I make first in the quarterfinals, I go on to the semifinals and have a clean, you know, slate of votes that we go back into voting. Um, and that's the whole thing. Like everybody keeps asking me, I was interviewed by our local paper and they keep asking. Um, so, where, when does the cooking come in? What, yeah. are, what, what's the, and I was like, no, you just post pictures of food you've made yeah. and then people vote. It's really a popularity contest. Um, and who you can get, you know, to spread the word and vote for you. So, um, it's random, right? It just happens to be that I like cooking and have for a long time and it kind of coincides. Well, but I also think, um, it's good that they ask, why you entered, what you plan to do with the money, what your inspiration was. And, and so the people voting can get an idea mm -hmm. of um, what you're going to do with the money yeah. and, you know, why you thought it was important to enter. Um, I think that's important, too. And from we haven't seen, of course, I've not read everybody's um, yeah, they're still profile. Like 1,200 people. Yeah, there's just too many. <laughs> it's a lot. But the ones I have read... All of them want to use their money to start a restaurant or a food truck. Yeah, or to go to culinary school or Something to, to, to do with, you know, travel and yeah. learn about food in a different culture, which is really valid. It's a, it is a chef yeah. competition, right? Um, and a lot, I was kind of surprised because my interpretation of it was it was like a home chef kind of thing. But there are a lot of people who make their living as chefs um, who are trying to kind of take the next step. And um, and so we are unique in that way in my entry. But um, yeah, it's a, it, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, back to the nonprofit stuff. So I... Um, that my whole master's degree is essentially, it's called arts admin, but it's essentially nonprofit management. And so I learned how to build a nonprofit from the ground up. I took a grant writing class and I took a fundraising class and I took a marketing, like, you know, it's pretty much how to do nonprofit. Um, but that was 10 years ago. Can you believe that? No, I can't. <laughs> it, was ten, it was 10 years ago. Um, and so, you know, I cracked out some of my books and um, and got to it once we decided that our next step was going to be nonprofit. And, you know, it's really hard to start one from the ground. Um, 
I think people know the the biggest nonprofits, right? There's the American Red Cross and American, American Heart, Heart Association, Association and American Diabetes Association and the Wounded Alzheimer's. Wounded Warriors. Like, and <clears throat> the thing that makes um, a nonprofit stand out, right, is that they can collect donations and those donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law um, for the person who's donating versus a company who's selling products and making a profit and having to pay taxes. The nonprofit doesn't pay taxes. So that's kind of the crux of it, right? The, the government sees the benefit of organizations that are doing good in their communities. Um, and because they're doing good, the government's going to cut them a break and not charge them taxes. And the people who are donating. Yeah. They and, get the break. And too. then you get a break to, you know, for donating. So all in all, it's a good deal. Um, but in order to kind of get going, you have to have some sort of start. And when I, um, really started looking into funding options. Once we established that we were a nonprofit, we got our letter back. We were so excited. I really started digging into like federal grant funding, state grant funding, other um, foundations that grant funds to nonprofits. And the overwhelmingly majority, overwhelming majority of those, um, you have to submit a budget like of how you have already used money. Mm. And so a lot of it even says like not startup, right? This isn't seed money. This isn't, um, you have to be an established organization. So that I think was the kind of the appeal of this fave chef. It's just prize money. Um, and it'll be taxed and whatever, but whatever's left is going to go straight into, um, our nonprofit account and will go straight to work. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we've done the podcast for four years, and the whole purpose was to educate and inform. Um, and we, in sitting around and uh, talking about what's ahead, we uh, said, well, you know, we've educated, we've informed, we continue to do the podcast to do that, but we feel like we need to do, we need to be active. We need to make a difference in a, in a different way. And that's when we started thinking of projects, um, for lack of a better word that we could do as a nonprofit. And every time we got to the nitty gritty, you know, we saw it was just, very expensive. And so becoming a nonprofit, being able to accept donations um, was really the way to go. And and I was thinking about this when we decided to talk about nonprofits. Um, you know, a nonprofit takes your donation and you give to a nonprofit because you agree with their mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. And then they take your donation and do good within that mission and purpose, it's really kind of easy for the donor. You know, you just have to go, okay, which nonprofit do I um, feel good about and want to help? Yeah, and it's good to vet the nonprofit to make sure sure. that they're, you know, first off, their mission is aligned with yours, that they are doing work that you agree with. um, And also that they are responsible with their donations and that they, um, you know, are doing what they say (laughs) with with that money. Um, and that all comes down, uh, you know, to just you believing in them and trusting and, and doing your own homework per se. Um, but there is also, 
it's really crazy. There was, I wish I had the numbers. Um, it was an old, old study, but they looked at people donating canned goods to a food charity, food bank versus people donating dollars to a food bank. And, you know, it might make you feel good to clean out your pantry and take a whole huge box of nearly expired vegetables in the cans. I'm saying this cause I've done this right. <laughs> um, to the food bank and, and they welcome your donations. They are not going to turn you away. But if you gave the amount of money that that food cost you, it can go so much further because than the, just the food that you're donating. It goes to specific needs. Because it goes to specific needs, but also because companies and organizations work with the nonprofits to cut costs down. So, you know, when a nonprofit's buying a bag of flour, it costs significantly less than when you buy the bag of flour at the grocery store and then give it to them. Um, And so there's all um, kinds of benefits to actually donating money, not saying donating items or food or whatever is not welcome or helpful because it is to those particular um, nonprofits. But in the long run, organizations can do a lot with a little. Yeah. And when you donate to a nonprofit, it kind of takes you off the hook doing the research yourself and doing the footwork yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the nonprofit's going to do it for you. And um, that's kind of a great benefit. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, like, are, are you too busy? And do you have this passion, but you don't know how to get started, what to do? There's probably a nonprofit out there that's doing what you're passionate about and that you're passionate and supporting that is more than happy to take your donation. Yeah. Um, have, have we talked about the ready, set, go boxes? I don't recall. I don't either, but I was but just, if gonna... not, we're going to tell you about it now. <laughs> and if so, just, we're going to reiterate it. Well, I was just going to say in that context that, um, I would never have thought about that and thought about there being a need for that. Until we did research about um, period Remind, poverty. Remind. Our Ready, Set, Go boxes, what we're thinking about is putting together a box that has um, personal hygiene products, a little um, pamphlet about starting your period and how parents can talk to Mm-hmm. young women about it and it's geared toward <clears throat> tweens tweens coming of age um girls and there's going to be literature for that developmental level as well as for a parent um as mom was saying and you know just little things hand sanitizer you know our um little sanitary stickers wipes. and sanitary wipes and just things that tissues because you're gonna cry like you know just things that um people might not be able to go out and buy a box of this and a box of that and a box of this and then give those out right so we're gonna do that for you and for our community well and the point is to get it to tweens before they start their periods Mm -hmm. so they can have the conversation with their parents or guardians about 
this is going to happen to you in all likelihood and this is what's going to happen and this is what you can do when it happens and quite frankly that whole idea kind of came from our interview with With kelly and ellie um kelly ellie's mother about their preparation and Mm -hmm. how um you know how they got ready and how Ellie responded when she did start her period and how her friends were around her. That was a great episode, and I wish I knew the number of it, and um, we can put that on our mm-hmm. website. It'll be in the show notes. <clears throat> but um, it, it was such a great um, firsthand yeah. experience um, being told by Ellie and Kelly and how they prepared. So we thought, you know, there are some people who don't have that ability to prepare ahead of time or they don't think about it. Yeah. And so we want to help with that. That's one of the things we want to help with. We've talked to some companies about possibly donating some products, but mm-hmm. everything can't be donated. And so some of it we're going to need to buy. Yeah. Well, and even just the the packaging and the, you know, there's a lot of overhead um, and the printing for the journal and yeah there's i mean there's just all kinds of things that go into it and until i started putting together a project budget i was like i did not realize how even just a few of these right and you want to hit your minimums and all of that to save costs and so um yeah it's it's a lot more expensive than i thought it would be and the beauty of a nonprofit, and also i think sometimes it's achilles heel if you will is it's they're often run by volunteers. Mm -hmm. They're often run by people who it's not their full-time job. And so it's often evenings, weekends, you know, whenever you can do it. Um, And they need a boost. (laughs) They need a little bit of, a little bit of help. And so, you know, that um, particularly in our case, because that's what we're talking about. We don't take a salary from (laughs) any donations. You know, it really is all volunteer. And just because we feel so strongly, um, particularly once we learned about period poverty and that there are some young girls who have no access to clean, disposable feminine products or clean, reusable feminine products. And, um, that's just unconscionable. Yeah. You know, we're not back in the day when literally you're on the rag. Um, you know, we have progressed since then and we need to, we need to do better. Yeah. And, and that's one thing the down there where nonprofit can really help with. Yeah. And, um, if you didn't know, I don't know how you wouldn't, but if you didn't, um, we're based in Tallahassee, Florida and, um, Tallahassee has the, poorest zip code in the entire state of Florida. It's not something to be proud of. Um, but we, there is a need in our community, um, for people to get some help because when you're worried about putting food on the table or keeping your lights on, you really are not thinking about the reproductive health of your, you know, tween. Right. Yeah. And, and really the children, um, the young girls, they deserve that. But mm-hmm. um, like Alex said, it's, it can't always be a priority because the parents, you know, it's that. They have so much going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, you know, it's a little bit of an interesting episode. It's a little bit different, but sharing more about our vision. You can always find on our website. We have all of our information about the nonprofit, all of our legal paperwork. So if you want to learn more, if you want to 
read our mission statement or our bylaws or anything like that, see our official federal paperwork. Um, it's all on the website down there, aware.com. Uh, and so we're officially official, <laughs> which is really exciting. That was a labor of love for sure. Um, but you know, and, and I think what's so funny is I live my life, my professional life in fundraising and development, <laughs> But I find it so difficult when it's for something that's, you know, that I'm doing. That you thought that of. I and thought, you, you know. It's your passion. And- yeah. And, and it's not, oh, yeah, support this, you know, business thing or whatever. Um, and so I do find it difficult to talk about. But it's so important that I think it's worth pushing through the angst of asking people for money. Yeah. You know, um, because... I think that there are very generous people out there who are probably already giving to charities and nonprofits. Um, but I would ask that you consider down there aware because we have some really great projects in mind. We beyond the ready, set, go boxes, we, um, you know, want to do even more and really, um, grow our reach so that more young women aren't given the same you're too young to be that kind of cancer it's fine well and we're we haven't given up and we're still working toward getting some verbiage on feminine hygiene products to warn young women and their parents uh, guardians about um, early signs and symptoms of gynecologic cancers Mm -hmm. Uh, we really feel like if that verbiage is on the packaging it's going to educate some people yeah. and make them stop and think or if there's a QR code or a link to more information yeah. um you know and so um but when you're dealing with a multi-billion dollar company um there's a lot of hoops to jump through and there's a lot of trying to figure out who's the right person to talk to and and get all of that moving and shaking so um again something that can be frustrating about working in a nonprofit, volunteering with a nonprofit, starting a nonprofit is, um, there's no like instantaneous gratification. Well, and so many things we have found in life, it's who, you know, a lot of times. So if any of our listeners know anybody at Procter and Gamble, that's who we've approached so far. Procter and Gamble or any of their subsidiaries or any smaller boutique feminine product uh, organizations that want to, you know, work with us, we are more than happy to take a meeting. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, I've met with some smaller, uh, companies and the message is the same that there's a lot of regulations on packaging and there's limited real estate and blah, 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 blah. I get it. But like, this is important. And if England can put it on toilet paper for colorectal cancer, we can do it. So, yeah. And I, you know, I'm not going to give up. I think every day you hear a story, you read something, you see someone on social media, on the news who has done something great, right? Like their organization has done something, has made a difference. Um, But that takes time. It didn't happen overnight for them. It's not going to happen overnight for us. And we're cool with that. Um, But we just... We want to keep chugging along. Yeah. The whole purpose is to help people. And um, so the more help we get, the more we can help. Yep. And the people who help us through donations are helping those people. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So um, if you want to donate, you're more than welcome to. Again, on the website, downtheraware.com, uh, we can take your tax-deductible donations. Um, and if you want to vote for me, that would be really great because that, that money would really kickstart us, right? Um, it would be tens of thousands of dollars to really get us going, get a project on the ground so that we can really make an impact in the community. Um, so, And we would love to come back on an episode and talk about all the great things we were able to do with that $25,000. Yeah, that would be great. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Down There Aware. Be sure to like and subscribe on our new YouTube channel, as well as on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us at Down There Aware on all social media sites, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. If you have it, we're there at Down There Aware. You can learn more on our website, www.downthereaware.com, and always get in touch with us, downthereaware at gmail.com. See you next week.